You know, when you think about your Bible, if I were to ask you a question, what what is the most well-known, famous passage in the entire Bible? If we were to do a, a poll on that question, I think many of us would answer John 3.16. The invitation that Jesus gives to Nicodemus. The invitation to God's grace and his mercy and his love. And many of us have heard this this, this passage before. In fact, we see it on, on professional athletes tattooed on their body or below football players' eyes. Our culture and our world even knows this passage. They might not know the reference, but they know the words. You see, we are so close to these words, and yet we often miss them. Let me read you this invitation. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, right here in this conversation with with Jesus, Nicodemus is offered this invitation. And what I love about this this storyline is not only do we know the words now of of this passage, we know the story behind it. And here Jesus offers Nicodemus an invitation. If we study this invitation, he's really inviting him to three things. Nicodemus was offered an invitation to first God's love. Now, if we pause and get past the tradition or the memorization of that passage and how we know it, think about it for a second. That God invites you to his love for you. The God of the universe. The God who put the galaxies in place. The God who puts the sun and the moon and the stars in the sky. That God declares his love for you. And not only does God say he loves you, he proves it by giving up his one and only son for you. Now, we think about that, we can really only come to one or two conclusions. The first conclusion might be, well, what kind of father is that? Like, is God just some lunatic who would offer his son Jesus and put him in harm's way? Like, what kind of dad is that? Is God just some crazy lunatic? Or is Jesus actually the only way to pay for the penalty of our sins and God loved you enough to give up his son Jesus for you? You see, the invitation is to God's love. Secondly, it's an invitation to eternal life. That God, through Jesus, invites you to dwell and live with him forever in paradise and heaven. It's a reminder for all of us that there's more to this world than what we can see and feel. That there's more to our lives than just this temporary period that we, we live here on earth. And that God makes a way through his son Jesus so that we can spend eternity with him forever and ever, eternal life. And the reality is, is this eternal life, if we believe in Christ, we don't have to wait for it. That that actually eternal life starts the moment we believe in Jesus. That Jesus came to give us life to the fullest here now and for all of eternity. 
So an invitation to God's love, an invitation to eternal life, and thirdly, an invitation to a relationship with God. See, I think we often miss this part of John 3.16. Can I tell you today, God is not after a bunch of religious robots who show up to church and check the box, who read our Bibles because we're supposed to. If God was after that, he had it in Nicodemus. Nicodemus wouldn't have needed this invitation because he had the checklist already done. Jesus wants to walk in a relationship with you. And he invites you into that through his son, Jesus Christ, that God wants to know you and dwell with you. And so, wow, what an invitation. And the question is, is how do we receive it? How do we accept it? How do we RSVP to this invitation? Well, Jesus tells us, he says, you accept this invitation through your belief. For your choice, not grandma's choice, not your mom or dad's choice, not your spouse's choice. It's when you personally choose to put your faith and trust in Jesus' cross and his resurrection. Jesus says, whoever believes in him. And if we really understand this passage and this invitation, who in their right mind would say no to that? Who in their right mind would say, no, nah, I don't want God's love? Who in their right mind would say, no, I don't want to live with God in, in heaven forever? Who in their right mind would say no to walking in a relationship with the creator of the universe? And yet, so many people do. So many people walk away from the invitation, ignore it, live in rebellion to it. But why? Well, Jesus actually answers that question in this very passage. Look what he says. He says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. See, Jesus answers the very question we ask. He says, you want to know why people decline this invitation? It's because they love the darkness instead of the light. And I would assume that there are some of us here today that are living that way, that we are declining, walking away, ignoring, questioning Jesus' invitation. Right? For some of us, it's as simple as the cost. We know that if we are to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, it will change our lives. It will make us look differently. And we're not ready to count that cost. We're not ready to, to walk away from the sinful things, the pleasures of sin that we like to indulge in. And so the cost of following Jesus is too great. So we decline the invitation. For, for some of us, it's just religion. Some of us, we, we, we don't even believe we need the invitation from Jesus because we're, we're doing the religious traditions, right? We're, we're reading our Bibles. We're doing all the good deeds. We become a good person. And so out of our religious behavior, our religious activities, we just don't think we need Jesus because our good will be good enough to overcome our bad. And because of our good, Jesus will accept us into his kingdom. For some of us, it's completely different than that. For some of us, we are amazed at Jesus' invitation. We just can't imagine a world where Jesus would offer it to us. 
Because we look at our life and we look into our past and we realize the things that we have chosen and the things that we have done and we look and we're like, Drew, you just don't understand the, the depths of my rebellion to God. You don't understand the depths of my sin. And you, you come to this conclusion that there's no way Jesus could offer me that. I don't deserve it. Ah, you live in the shame that carries you. You're unworthy of it. And so Jesus couldn't give it to you. For some of us, we're just skeptics, right? We, we don't want to be duped. We don't want to fall for a phony. And so we've got a lot of questions about Jesus. And, and we just, we don't want to, it's hard to believe in like God sent his son and he lived perfectly and then he died and then he rose again. And it just feels way too good to be true. And so I, nah, no, I'll decline. But the reality is, is we will all respond to this invitation. Every single one of us, there is no neutral to it. You either reject it or you accept it. And there are ramifications that Jesus teaches Nicodemus to how we respond. Look what he says in verse 18. He says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. This is amazing that, that when we choose to believe in what Jesus accomplished for us on that cross and through his resurrection, that we actually wear the righteousness of God. As a Christ follower, I wear the righteousness of God because of the bloodshed of Jesus. And what that means is when God looks at me, he sees perfection, that I wear Jesus' righteousness, and so I'm no longer condemned for my sin because of the grace of Jesus. What a gift. But Jesus wasn't finished. He says, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So if we choose to decline, walk away, reject this invitation, when we stand before God, we will stand before him condemned of the sin we are guilty of. So here is this conversation with Nicodemus. This invitation is offered. And as we process it, we think about it, I have three questions for you. Three questions that I think will hit differently to different people. For, for those of you who are here today and you're still a little bit of a skeptic of it, you have questions and concerns, my question for you is will you lean into this invitation? Will you lean into the invitation that Jesus has for you? And here's what I mean by that is, would you just keep pursuing it? I get you might have questions and concerns, but the road to Jesus is a journey. It's a journey that we've all been on. And my challenge for you is if you have questions, ask them. Right? Here's what you need to know about Northridge is we're not afraid of your hard questions. We're not afraid of your wrestling and your doubt because here's the reality. I would bet for many of us who have accepted the invitation Jesus has given us, we've probably asked the same questions you were asking. So don't be afraid to pursue Jesus. If you're a skeptic, great news, you can relate to Nicodemus. Because when he heard of this Jesus who did miracles, come on, seriously, miracles, what did he do? He didn't forget about Jesus, he pursued him. He went to him at the cover of night. He had to know. And if you're a skeptic here today, ask your questions. Walk towards Jesus. The Bible says as you draw near to Jesus, he will draw near to you. How do 
we do that? Well, hey, maybe it's as simple as just keep coming back for this series. We have three more weeks in Israel. We get to see and understand and grasp a little bit more about Jesus. Maybe he opened God's word. A great place to start is the Gospel of John. It's an account of Jesus. Maybe a simple step is go to Netflix and watch The Chosen, just another picture of who Jesus was and how he lived. We as a church, we give out resources, incredible resources each and every week through our equipment, equip email. If you want to be a part of that, just go to iwant.info, click the banner that says equip, and we'll send those directly to you. You can engage with the Bible and questions. Keep wrestling. Don't be afraid to wrestle. Don't be afraid to have doubts. I believe God will use those questions to lead you right to him. But for those of us who have accepted the invitation, I think this is the majority of us here, who have believed in Jesus' cross and resurrection, my question for you is will you live and share his invitation? Let me just speak to Christians today. You see, we often think that the gospel is a one-time decision. No, the gospel is something that should change your life in that moment and forever and ever. Amen. Right? That sanctification, that, that, that I know the gospel, that Jesus loved me enough to die for me. And that decision that I made to believe in him should sanctify me and change me. And I should look more like Jesus each and every day. I don't get to stop pursuing Jesus once I meet Jesus. No, I want to continue to walk down that road. And so as Christians, we have to live the gospel out. We have to stop running back to religion where we convince ourselves that God loves us more if we read our Bible and we do our good deeds. No, God loves you despite what you do. You don't have to earn God's love. He's already given it to you. So live out this invitation, but secondly, share it. Christians, if we truly grasp what Jesus gave us, how could we be silent about it? How could we not pray for our family members, our co-workers, our classmates, our coaches, and our teachers, and our world to experience the grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus? How could we not invest in those relationships with the purpose of inviting people to Jesus? How could we keep it to ourselves? So will you live it? And will you share it? But my last question is for those of you who God has just been slowly breaking down your walls. He's been pursuing you. And you maybe you've been coming to church, maybe you've been reading his word, but you're still on the fence. And I just believe this today. My question for you is, will you choose to accept his invitation today? Would you choose to get over your doubt, to get over your concern, and to say to God, I believe? See, the truth is, is you don't need a pastor to lead you through some magical prayer. All you have to do is cry out with your heart, God, I'm a sinner, and I can't fix that. But you did. So God, I, I just want, you don't have to have the perfect words. God knows your heart. 
before you ever cry out to him. He is the one who does all the work. You just got to declare to him, I need you, God. I need you to rescue me from my sin. Save me. Change me. Rescue me. And you can do that any moment of your life. You can do that right now in your chair. You can do that in your home tonight. You can do it in your cubicle Monday morning. At any moment in your life, if you cry out to Jesus, he'll honor your request to accept the invitation that he's given you. So ultimately, the question is, same question Nicodemus had to wrestle with. What will you do with this invitation? Let me read it to you one more time. For God so loved you and me. He loved the world. He was willing to give his one and only son to be abused, to be beaten and scorned and to die in your place, to conquer your sin and to give you victory. Why? So that if you would choose, if I would choose to believe in Jesus, has just become so numb to us as Christians. We know it, and yet we miss how beautiful it is. God, today I pray for the heart that is a little skeptical. It still has doubts and concerns. God, I pray as they pursue you that you would soften their heart to your gospel, that they would see you for who you truly are, and they would choose to believe. God, I pray for us as Christians today, that we would live out your gospel, that we would stop getting caught in religious activity, and that we would be ambassadors of the greatest invitation ever offered. And that we would be bold and courageous to share it with whoever you bring into our life, that we would be praying for opportunities to declare what you've done in our lives, and that we would invite people to that. But God, I pray for that person who right now is honestly a little bit afraid, scared to death to say yes. God, I pray that you would conquer their fear and today they would believe in your invitation. In Jesus' name.